We are stoned and that's okay. So why don't you just stay? Sit back and listen. You don't know what you're missing. It's talking stone while getting sports. Welcome, fellow humans. You are listening to Talking Stone while getting sports with your hosts, Morgan and Austin, episode 64. How is it going, buddy? How is that for intro? That was a solid intro. I like it. Uh, yeah, it's going, doing good. Uh, work's been a little bit crazy, I will say. I've been, uh, two of our employees have been on uh, holidays. So, uh, been working a lot, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, had a nice Thanksgiving dinner. That was good. Yeah. Um, I, got paid time and a half on Thanksgiving because I worked well we're recording Monday and I worked today and so that was my Thanksgiving um happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there by the time you guys are listening to this it'll be way past well not way past but well if you're in Canada that is yeah um if you happen to be living in the states and you still have a Thanksgiving coming up um, but yeah, I, I didn't really do much. I've been working lots myself, no dodgeball this week because of Thanksgiving. So yeah, just being able to relax and take it easy. Right. That's awesome. Sorry. I was trying to say two things at the same time. I might be a little bit stoned. <laughs> well, how rude are you? fit right in our theme of our podcast. Um, terrible move on my part. Yeah, you're awful. Awful person. Um, since you're so bad, your punishments to start off the plugs. Well, I think I could do that. So, first thing you're going to do is you're going to comment, rate, review, and subscribe everywhere you can. Um, you did it. It helps the show immensely and if you could do that that would be great tell your friends tell everyone if you want to reach us on twitter you can find us at podstone one that's the made twitter account you can reach me at uh at fitzgerald um and then on instagram we are at tswgs pod talking stone won't get sports and uh yeah i think morgan has some plugs for you as well yeah i have two and then i have one kind of plug it's more of a uh awareness it'll make sense when i get to it but my plugs you got caps morgan 2 that's both twitter and twitch um honestly i've been too busy lately to really be on twitch not like it really matters but yes bob i'm getting it that's my cat if you guys hear um there is this is Kind of random, but I came across this sign today and I decided to uh, put it out there to our little universe that we have. And it was a missing cat sign. And I know whenever a missing cat or any missing pet happens, it's always sad. So I figured 
maybe by chance there's someone that's listening and they'll come across it. So real quick, uh, it's in the city park here in Saskatoon. So in Saskatoon, that's by City Hospital over by 25th and 4th Street. This cat named, I'm guessing it's Crummy. It's C-R-O-M-B-I-E. Went missing. It's a small black cat, thin white stripe down her chest. Uh, still has stitches because recently got um, fixed or whatever. Is microchipped and has been missing since September 30th, which that's been, what, a couple weeks now, I guess. Um, she loves people but is scared of loud sounds so if you see her then try and get her attention quietly um if found please call the name sarah 778-960-3363 so i figured what the hell to do that because yeah i like my cat and i don't want anyone else's cat to go missing. So that's where we're at. Um, but that's enough of um, that uh, downer news for now because a little spoiler alert. Um, later in the episode, it's not going to get much brighter. But we'll get there. But first, we have the week 10 CFL recap and unless if Austin stops me I think we should get right to it let's do it perfect guys in the middle of taking a drink that was terrible timing of my part well no it uh, should happen <laughs> um, so yes um, I'm just going to say it now Whoops, I clicked there. Um, I'm going to say it now that uh, I'm a lot happier this, how my picks went this week. But we'll get there. <laughs> oh, we will get there. Um, so, first game of the week, it was Red Blacks versus Argonauts. The Argonauts ended up winning 35-16. to 16. That's a 19-point differential. Both, you know, Austin picked Argos because why wouldn't we? I went with by 14. Austin went by 10. I got two points for being only five points away for for the pick, for the point differential. So that makes me happy right off the bat, but... Um, I, I did. Say, at, what's that? Sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say this is a game. It's an interesting one. It's a case of uh, the stats not necessarily telling the full the full story. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, definitely true. I didn't really look at the stats that closely. I actually watched bits and pieces of this game. I was busy most of the weekend. Um, but. For me, personally, it was real easy to try and break down this game. It was a very boring first half. And 
a very exciting third quarter and then boring fourth once again. And if Austin has the stats, then I'm just going to actually, um, which I'm guessing he does, maybe oh. he can tell yeah. us the uh, crazy stats of maybe what happened in the third quarter by chance. <laughs> well, yeah, third quarter was wild. Um, but just I'm just looking at the stats here. It's it's interesting because the Red Blacks outpassed the Argos 321 yards to 169. Uh, they tied in rushing yards, but like uh, they did have four turnovers. The Red Blacks had four turnovers to the Argos three. But it's just surprising. Yeah, although the Argonauts did make those turnovers pay. <laughs> yes. Because yes. two of them were pick sixes, and one of them was a punt return for a touchdown. Now, it all happened in the third quarter. Yeah, that, that th- it was a rough third quarter for the Red Blacks. Yeah, to get outscored 27 to nothing, I'd say so. I'd say that's a, that's a bad night. Um, But I'm sure the Argonauts are more than happy with the win. Like I said, it was a very boring first half because the Red Blacks' defense really seems not too bad. That's what kept them in majority of the games that they've played so far this season. Um, that's what won them the first game against the Elks in week one. Um, we'll get to <laughs> how well the Elks are doing now. Hmm. After their whole um, – well, was that coming up this episode or did we already talk about that whole um, – Okay, no, that's coming up this episode. The um, yep, yeah, yep. and yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're saying. Anyways, um, I got two points. I lost my track. I'm a little big. Um, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> before we move on to the Elks and Winnipeg, do you have anything you want to add on to that first game there? Uh, nothing other than well. What a shocker, the Red Blacks suck. <laughs> yeah, although, especially we'll, we'll get to this game as well. Um, with how they played tonight, it kind of looks like they're starting to slowly get some confidence. I mean, it's a little... Hey, non, non we'll, we'll, get we'll get there. Um, the Elks versus Winnipeg. Um First off, I want to say is Winnipeg will end up getting first place in the West, and you will have to go through them in the Western Finals in order to get to the Grey Cup. Yeah, it's going to – yeah. Um, And it's all because of their defense. And sure, they were playing against the Elks, and they haven't been a very good team lately. But Trevor Harris is back in, and in the Labor Day Classic, I believe he had something like 407 yards, I believe is what they said. Um, something He had a great game, I know that, in the Labor Day, and ended up beating Calgary, which turns out they're not as bad of a team as some people thought they might be. 
And the Winnipeg Bombers, Blue Bombers, end up scoring 30 points to the Elks three. So that's a really rough. Yeah, that's a 27 point differential. <laughs> um, both me and Austin picked Winnipeg to win. Yeah. It was really hard for me to pick Winnipeg, but I had to over the Elks. I went yeah, with a, yeah, I went with a 17 point differential. Austin went with that lucky 13. But well, lucky 13 thing, was not. Yeah, because good thing they just blew out the Elks and gave me those two points. So if you guys are at keeping track that's already four points for me in the first two games. So I'm catching it, buddy. I'm not worried. Okay, fine, whatever. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of already mentioned how this game went down is the defense more or less kept the minute. Um, and until the offense was able to just catch fire and start putting points. The only the only small small blemish on the Winnipeg's team right now is the field goals. Um, their kicker sucks. Um, he's from some arena league, so he's probably never really kicked outdoors. Um it gets a l- just like Saskatchewan. It gets slightly breezy in places like um, Winnipeg or Alberta, <laughs> or even BC. Well, just when you're kicking outside. <laughs> yeah, but basically, what I'm saying is they need to find a kicker. But besides that, I mean, they're still winning thirty to three. So I wouldn't be too worried at this point. Yeah. Um, well, and, and just I just again with the stats because you know we like them. The fact okay. that Winnipeg kept the Elks to under 200 total yards while Winnipeg had 401, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, I'm really happy that I had Zach Claros in as my uh, fantasy in CFL Pickem or not Pickem, yeah, CFL fantasy. Um, I also had Nick Dembski, which I believe he – I know he had at least a touchdown. I don't know his exact yards or anything, but that always makes me happy to get a few points there. Not like it really matters. It's just for bragging rights. But it's <laughs> fun. Um, I kind of – I'm liking this uh, new thing we're doing here, Austin. I'm just going to sit now where I kind of – break down the game and you throw out the stats, it's kind of working for me. Oh, I'll work for you. All right. Wait. <clears throat> oh, so anyway. Tingly, uh, so. uh, all okay. right. Stamps so, versus Riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, oh, I just want to make one before I have to make this note is I'm Honestly, very happy that the Elks are losing. They will not end up making the playoffs this, this year, just based on what the GM's doing. But 
I just have a little note there, so apparently I wanted to re- remember to say it. So here we go. Stamps versus Riders. I was at this game. It was it's the second last home game that the Riders have. They have one more on November 13th. And it was the second game against the Stamps. 203. Stamps won the first one, and they win the second one. This one, however, was very, very, very boring. Just like the first one, but still exciting at the same time. For about three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That three minutes was in the end of the fourth quarter. Um, But once again, it came down to a terrible, terrible Terrible decision on this time, not Jason Moss's, but Craig Dickinson, where he decided with a minute left, it was third and one. The Riders had the ball on their own 37-yard line, decided to punt it away to give it into both Levi Mitchell's hands instead of keeping it to their own hands to drive down for that point. It was tied in 1919. Um, and yeah, they kicked it right to Calgary. They ended up driving down for the winning field goal. Even in the interview, they ended up saying that, like Craig ended up saying, um, they should have, uh, in hindsight, they should have done what I'm saying is, uh, gone for on third down, which I don't know why you wouldn't. (laughs) I get it. You're on your field if you um, well basically worst case scenario you don't make it Calgary ends up kicking a field goal hey maybe you'll end up having more time left on the clock to then still drive down to at least tie the game up with another field goal and then take it to overtime at the very least but worst worst case scenario, you lose the game anyways, and then I don't get pissed off. <laughs> Austin, do you have any stats for this game? Well, I do actually have kind of a fun stat. Okay, cheer me in up. Total, there was nine field goals in this one. Well, that didn't cheer me up. Okay, well. <laughs> that was that's the entire reason why it was extremely boring. Is it was a lot of kicking. Thankfully, uh, there's remember it is called football. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> thankfully that's a very good counter argument, and I respect your your I respect your point of view on this one. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> thankfully there was. This kid, because I've been sitting next to this guy that has season tickets as well. Um, he brings his kids once in a while. He brought his kids this time. And his youngest um, always like, oh, when are they going to kick the ball? Well, you're welcome, kid. You got nine fucking field goals. <laughs> and there's a lot of punts in between those. So. Oh yeah, but I guess. Eh? On a more serious note, um, 
I kind of went straight to talking about the game just because I was at it and stuff. But I, I mean, I might as well finish. No, yeah, I'm done. Uh, it was 22 to 19. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> the final score was 22 to 19. That's three point differential. Um, both me and Austin picked the riders to win. I said by six. Austin said by 14. So since we both picked the same team, I was closer. I just realized I gave myself one point when I was doing up my notes. I believe I should get two, and you should also get one point because that will make sense with how I did the scoring with the other game. Wait, you picked the stamps? No, I picked the riders. Oh, wait, we got the wrong team. That's why it only gave me one point. Never mind. I was very baked when I did these. Okay. <laughs> Are we okay. good? We're back on track. I get one point for that because I was just simply closer with the point differential. Both me and Austin got the wrong team. True. The Riders now are forced to stay ahead of Calgary because they will lose the tiebreaker. Um, they're better off tying with BC because at least they'll beat that tiebreaker. So, But if they want second place, they have to stay ahead of Calgary now. That's how it breaks down. But moving on to another game. We're still still talking about the same week of football because the CFL is weird. We're talking about the Red Blacks once again versus versus the Alouettes this time. Um, This game happened when I was – making that sweet, sweet money at the time and a half. And so I was not able to watch any of these two next games. I only went off of highlights. Maybe Austin has some stats. But the Red Blacks versus the Alouettes, the Red Blacks lost once again, 16-20. to 20. That's a four-point differential. Both me and Austin picked Alouettes to win. We went Real high, which is not surprising. I went with 14. Austin went with 17. I got another two points on that pick. boy. So I'm digging myself out of that hole quite well. I can't think of any words right now. <laughs> so, uh, about the stats. From yes, what I sir. Did, it was a very low event game. Um, the Alouettes definitely outplayed them, but not by a significant amount. Um, again, six field goals, so lots of kicking. But it is football. I will. Morgan, once more, it is called foot football. Yes. Well, it's not foot football. It's just football. But you get it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, basically super disappointed that Morgan got two points out with this one again. That's uh, I'm not uh, happy about all these. Uh, this is another game that Red Blacks defense kept them in it. Um, 
I think, made it a lot closer than what it should have been. Well, right off, like, they were sacking Montreal's quarterback. Well, actually, um, some people call him Vaj, so I'm going to. Vaj got injured. Um, <laughs> so, Schultz ended up had he came in and they were still the Alouettes were still able to win. So that's good on them. Like I said, I didn't watch any of these games, so I really don't have too much to say. Um, both of them, however, did seem um, quite in, intense, and they seem like they. You know, all the teams are starting to play for something. Same with the Riders in the Stamps game. Um, you definitely can definitely, yeah, you can definitely tell that it's the playoff race, which I love. But the final game of the week, um, real quick, because we got some other CFL news, which I definitely wanted to get to, unfortunately. Um. Argonauts versus Hamilton. Uh, the Argonauts, this, again, their second game of the week. They beat Hamilton 24-21. to 24-23, um, I believe. Yeah, I typed the wrong score. That's a one-point differential. Um, I picked Argonauts. Austin picked Hamilton. I went, we both went by eight point differential. So I get two points, and Austin also gets another point because we tied with the point differential. So, okay. I figured giving myself the extra point for getting the right team. Yep. That sounds good to me. Um, But this game was probably the best game of. Of the week, unless I guess if you're a stats fan, but yeah, it was it was actually an exciting battle um, that came down to the field goal last like zero seconds on the clock. Um, yeah, it was back and forth, um, and then yeah, the fourth quarter is just full of excitement, and maybe Austin has some. Um, Exciting stats for us. Uh, well, it was definitely a, uh, a battle of the quarterbacks. Um, I will say that because what's his name? Here, hold on. Uh, Bethel Thompson, 388 for the Argos, and Mazzoli put up 361 for the ha- tie Cats. Not a lot of rushing yards. It was definitely a, uh, a quarterback battle. Um and yeah, like you said, this was this was the game of the week, I think. Um, and again, not happy that you got two points. But uh, well, I I, I am. I think I'm starting to turn into the insider again here for CFL. Ah, I, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> no, I got some work to do to try and uh, still catch you. But speaking of how much work I have to do. I might as well throw out the final tally as far as our scores. So the old week, last week, I had 24 points to Austin's 36. Today, after week 10, 
I have 33 points to Austin's 37. Oh, dang. Yeah. You That's are. Gross. I don't like that. You were winning by four points, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm still winning. Still winning. And like they say in many moving stuff, it doesn't matter if you win by inch or a mile, winning's winning. Winning's winning. Um, the season ain't over yet. No, that's definitely true. There's a lot of football games to be played. Um, so we might as well get to the point why. Um, and I hate to say this because it's not the players' fault for any of this crap that's going on with the Edmonton Elks right now, but I'm kind of okay that. Team that Brock Sutherland, the GM of the Elks, the team that he is in charge of, um, is kind of tanking and not doing so well. And I hope, I really hope, after this season, and I think he will, I really hope that he gets fired. And we're going to basically break down two reasons of why. Why I don't like him. <laughs> okay. It gets simple as that. Um, number w- one, recently, there is a, um, an analyst for the 630 CHED, I believe that's a uh, radio broadcaster in Edmonton. But Eddie Steele, who used to work for that radio station um, got fired because he simply said pointing out the facts, pointing out he didn't say anything wrong nothing rude he didn't swear at the guy, anything like that all he said more or less is Brock Sutherland is the reason why Edmonton is not doing so well and they haven't been in recent years. Ever since he's became the GM, they've been declining. Right. Um, so, in my mind, <laughs> that's... Sure, he works for, technically, Edmonton Elks, and you're supposed to, you know, butter the team up and blah, 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 and not really supposed to say anything that negative about the team. So, right. Brock Sutherland cries about it, and ends up getting this guy, Eddie Steele, fired, which I think is complete bullshit that some broadcaster, some analyst can't just speak what he's analyzing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the other Alks news that's probably a lot closer to your heart, um, do you have anything you want to say about Eddie Steele getting fired from just speaking the truth? Uh, yeah, I um, sorry, I'm really big. <laughs> Ask it. Um, I think we should just move on to this. Next topic, because I know you 
are quite familiar with um, one remarkable man that we're going to talk about. Um, unfortunately, not in the best um, circumstances. And once again, talking about Brock Sutherland, the GM of the Elks. When all this whole firing, the reason why I first brought up the firing of Eddie Steele is how this came forward is that um, Brock ended up banning probably one of the most loved players, or not players, people in Edmonton, definitely in the sports of Edmonton. And that's Joey Moss apparently was banned from the locker room of the Elks because he was a distraction, which I think is completely bullshit as well. And he was part of the Oilers. He yeah, them out in the locker room. He like from everything I've heard from multiple players. Whoops, from different teams. He's a very loved guy. So I don't know, Austin. I'm sure you have. Uh, it's not like you had something to say. Yeah, it well, and like you said, uh, Joey's been a huge, huge part of Edmonton sports for years um uh, if you're an Oilers fan or if you're an Elf uh fan you know Joey Moss uh even if I think you're a CFL fan I think even yeah even if you're a hockey fan like I knew about him um I think even if you're a fan of Edmonton the city (laughs) yeah that's true that's true. Just uh, kind of an icon in Edmonton, and it's in a word, it's disappointing. Yeah, um, in a nice word. <laughs> yeah, it just very. I don't know. Another one frustrating. Uh, I can yeah, think of a couple. I, it's a low fucking yeah. move is what I think. Um, yeah. No, and, and and I agree with you. I don't think uh, he should be the GM of any team, really, at this point. Clearly, he's proven he's not very good at it. Yeah, um, not like with the off-the-field stuff put aside – his team like that he's, on the field. <laughs> yeah, not much as far as putting a team together. So, I mean, a few levels, this guy, I don't think he should be the GM. I feel bad for Elks fans. Yeah, but I've also heard that because of all the off-the-field stuff that they're actually starting to uh, sell off their season tickets or just simply not go and so it'll be interesting because the next game we're going to be talking about here right away is home for out. So it's going to be very interesting to see how many people actually show up. But since I mentioned it, unfortunately, 
I would love to keep ranting about this, but we do have to keep moving on. Yeah. And we do have the week 11 CFL picks. That's Winnipeg versus the Elks. It's a home and home rematch. Um, this one is Friday, October 15th. Um, what the hell, Austin? You go first. Winnipeg versus Elks. Elks yeah. Home. So it's it's not going to be good for the Elks. It's not going to be good for the Elks. They are going to score more than they did last time, but it's more than three. Be... That's pretty easy to do, I think. It's not. It's not hard to do. I don't think. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at least two field goals. You know. So. I. Obviously, the Blue Bombers are going to take this one. Uh, they're going to take it by tw- uh, 20. 20, another, another blowout, really. Any, basically, three touchdown sets. <laughs> not yeah, a close game. it's not going to be a close game. Well, I'm also with you. That's not going to be good for the Ucks. This is not a team you want to rebound back on. Is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that somehow only lost to Argos? That makes no sense, <laughs> really, in my mind. But it happened. But regardless, they're really good. They're going to win again. I believe they're eight and one right now. They're going to be nine and one after this week, and they're going to. It's going to be a little closer. The Elks will get a few more points. They're going to be five thirteen. I'm going to try that lucky 13 method out there. Okay, well, it didn't work for me, so I hope it doesn't work for you. Yeah, well, I guess time will tell, like I say, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> you got to go first on this one. It is the first on this one. It was bound to happen. But what's also bound to happen is Owls versus Red Blacks, Saturday October 16th, the first of the doubleheader on Saturday. We're finally back to some doubleheaders on Saturday, which I kind of like. Love a doubleheader. Uh, I think the Owls are also going to beat the Red Blacks on this one, and it's going to be by 14 because I think the defense is going to well, it's still going to be by 14, so it's two touchdowns. But for the Red Blacks, it's going to be good. Okay. Austin, Wait, Red Blacks win? No, no, no. They're going to lose by 14. I said Alouettes by 14. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm also going to take the Owls. Um, it's going to be a close one. They're going to take it by seven. Uh, the stats. They're definitely going to be in the Owls' favor, but it's going to be a close one. Yeah, I, it's too late for me because I already said my pick, but I honestly like your score a little bit better just because the Red Blacks' defense has been fairly solid lately. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. But Stamps versus BC – Last game of the week, there's only three games this week. Finish this off by starting first, Austin. 
Oh, I'll finish you off. All right. So, oh uh, God, the BC. <laughs> First, it started with working or something, and now <laughs> we're finishing now. I guess it's a full circle. That That's how it works, man. Anyway. Uh, circle of life. BC and Calgary. It's going to be a good game. I know that. Uh, good old Calgary-BC game is never, never a bad time. They're both kind of around the same in the standings. They're, they're third and fourth. They're close. Um, I think... I think the Stamps are going to take it. Uh, it's going to be a close one like it was with the Riders. Um, stamps are going to take it by six. Stamps by six. All right. Well, I hope you're wrong. And to try and make it so you're wrong, I'm going to pick BC because, like I mentioned earlier, the Riders have lost the tiebreaker for the Stamps, but they um, they won both games against BC. So if they end up tying with BC for second instead of the Stamps, that will benefit us as far as the Riders go. So I'm going to say BC is going to win by... Let's throw a, a weird 11. Okay. A weird football score. <laughs> yeah, a weird football score. That was your... Okay, let's move on. NHL talk. Um, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> I guess people want to know what we're talking about. This is terrible and we're oh. laughing right now. So <laughs> hockey is a sport where... Wait, what did you want me to say? I just said talk, but no one knows what I want you to talk about. So I'm going to set you up like I usually do, and then you'll take it from there. But it was terrible. It was terrible that we're laughing at the start of that because this is when it gets not so happy-go-lucky, although I'm sure it will have a happy outcome. Um, but very, very famous and very good goalie, Carey Price of Montreal Canadiens, um, is basically showing that hockey players can be more than just a player and they're, they're actually human because he's entering the NHL player assistance program. Um, I'm just going to say a little bit here, which is it's sad. At one end, it's sad to hear that he's going through this. But at the same time, it's also good to hear that the NHL has these type of programs that can help you or help the players. And some a player like Carey Price with his type of um, with the status in the NHL that he has, mm-hmm. uh, I hope that it, any other players that might be going through anything similar, of course, we have no clue what Carey Price is going through. And frankly, it honestly doesn't really matter. All that matters is that he's going through something 
and he's trying to get fixed. But Austin's more of a hockey guy than I am. So I'm going to let you say what you think. Yeah, well, uh, honestly, you you were kind of you said a lot that was on my brain about this. It's it's good to see a high profile. It's not good to see, but it it's good for Carey Price that he feels he felt comfortable enough to come forward and join the uh, enter this program uh, because clearly, like you said, needs help with something we don't know, and like you said, it doesn't matter. But the important thing is. Uh, he is reaching out for help, and uh, you gotta. End of the day, for these guys, ho- hockey, it's not everything, you know. Um, uh, shit off the ice matters more, whether it's family, whether whatever it is. And um, I wish him the best. He he, uh, such an excellent. Excellent goaltender. Obviously made it to the Stanley Cup final last year. Um, he, uh, like I said, I hope I hope this is beneficial for him. Um, yeah, definitely. Also agree with everything that you said, but I do kind of want to move because hockey still has to go forward. Montreal Canadiens still have to play their games out. So, on the hockey side of things, what do you think this means for Montreal? Well, um, I will say this is uh, a good time to remind people that uh, some people were making fun of them for getting Jake Allen, but I think that was a really good move at this point. Um, The fact that they have at least a very competent goalie to step in while in Carey's absence, I think will definitely help. Um, and I think, I think he has the talent level to, to do that. Yeah. I'm obviously Allen's going to be much goalie going forward. And, but I think the regular season starts tomorrow. So yeah, the flames first game doesn't start till the 16th, which is kind of bonkers for me. And their first what is it? Their first, um, I just have to get this off my chest. Their first eight game or seven of the first eight games are on the road. So, Ooh. yeah, that's rough. What's the seven day break between their last preseason game until their first regular season game? Yeah, it's wild. But I believe what the Canucks, they play crack in their first game. Or no? Hmm? Like, do the... I'm curious. It's on my brain. Do the Canucks play crack in their first game or what? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll be completely honest. I'm a bad Canucks fan. And I apologize. Uh, I just... I want to apologize to the fans. I want to apologize to the... <laughs> Uh, no, I keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, no, Wednesday's their first game, and it's uh, the Oilers. Okay, that's also the Flames' first game is against Oilers. Not the same day, though. N- no, and then they can actually play the Flyers. What? That's weird. <laughs> but isn't that nice to hear? Where it's just 
not. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it's, it's so good to hear. I think I think they actually did that on purpose. It's kind of funny that we're still starting off with Canadian teams against Canadian teams. It's like we've seen that enough already. Yeah, just a little bit of that, and then back to uh, back to good old days. Yeah, but something. Unless if you have anything else you want to add. No, I'm excited to get to the next thing. I figured you would be. Because honestly, I forgot about it. (laughs) And then when I zoomed up my notes, I was like, hold on a second. We got the final top 10 of the top 50 players that we were already already talking about the previous 40. Excuse me. Now it's down to the top ten. Now it's time for the top ten. Um, it'll be the same way we did last time we talked about this. I'll basically just list off names, and Austin will give us his insight. Um, maybe he'll at the end he'll since it's the top ten he'll tell us. Any switches he wants, any of that type of stuff. Who knows what he'll tell us? What I do know. Do I even know? Who knows? Not yet, because I haven't even said a name yet. But what I. First name is number 10. His name is number 10. What's that? His name is number 10. Yeah, his name is number 10. The number's number 10. He's in number 10 spot. Shut up, Austin. Brad. Marchand. Okay, so two things on Brad Marchand, and that's it. First thing, I absolutely hate Brad Marchand. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing, I didn't even realize this. Since 2016-17 season, he is third in NHL scoring in the league, only behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. What? Yeah. Huh. Well, you're the stats guy, and to be fair, he is a hundred points, a hundred points behind Connor McDavid, and twenty points behind Drysaddle. Huh, that's kind of impressive. But he's also the worst human being to live, and I hate every fiber of his being. <laughs> All right, number nine. Art, art. Oh, this name. Artemi Panarin. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> He is – he's excellent. 153 points in the last few seasons. Uh, it's – he's a great player, and the Rangers are very lucky to have him. Um, yeah, he fits in at nine here. Uh, number eight, Victor Hedman. Yeah, uh, Hedman – Yearly candidate for the Norris Trophy. He is one of the most solid defensemen in the league, if not the most solid defenseman in the league. And uh, he's definitely earned his eighth place in this uh, list because, God damn, I would love to have him on the Canucks. Yeah, I'm just happy that I know he's not anywhere in the top ten, but I'm just happy we have one of the not terrible Tampa Bay um Lightning players. Someone that's won a cup a couple times on the Flames there. That makes me kind of happy. Oh, that guy that got uh, suspended? Is he suspended? 
He got suspended for one preseason, one regular season game. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. <laughs> that's part of playoffs. He's still in playoff mode. He's still in playoff mode. <laughs> Short off season. What do you expect? Number seven, moving on. <laughs> Andre Veseleski. I don't think I got that last time. I'm bad. And Andre Veseleski, uh, yet another Tampa Bay player in the top 10, which is not a shock. Uh, Veseleski is. It's See, and the thing about Veseleski is obviously he's an excellent goalie, but he also plays on an incredible team. Yes. So it, it doesn't hurt his game to be on the one of the best teams in recent history. And um but that's not to deny his absolute ridiculous ability. He went he last year in forty two games he was thirty one, ten and one. Um <laughs> Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see him on an actual, you know, a team that's trying to rebuild or something. Yeah, but I think he'd still be very good. I don't. I, I think obviously so. wouldn't be as good because the team around him would not be nearly as good. But I think he would still be very solid. Another I think like Arizona. Yeah, another solid, solid player is number six, Austin Matthews. He's okay. He's Austin Matthews is one of if not probably the best shooter in the game right now. Um, Ovechkin's getting older. Mm-hmm. This is the new sniper. 41 goals in 52 games last year. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. He had eight more goals than McDavid, which, to be fair, McDavid had a shitload more assists. But... Matthews, 41 goals, 52 games. What more can I say? The guy knows how to shoot the puck very, very well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Well, what all these players, like, you know, none of these players really had that, especially the ones that went through the playoffs, really had not much rest. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be real interesting to see at least how the start of the season starts off. It's true. Um, another great goal scorer. We're now I mean, down. To- maybe you've heard of this guy? I don't know. He's uh, he's not very well known. Yeah, you might have heard of him once or twice. Um, I'll just throw this out there. He's my mom's least favorite player in the NHL. Kind of like her Brad Mashan of the NHL, and that's number five, Sydney. Crosby. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's uh, like Ovechkin, definitely getting up there. He's, But he's still putting up points. He was 10th in the NHL last year, 62 points. Uh, he led the Penguins points per game, all the good stuff. Like He's still an excellent player, and um, I would love to have him on my team. Uh, but it's also... Um, I think starting to be the end of him being the best in the NHL. Yeah, that's definitely a reason why he's not bumbling around. <clears throat> Sorry. That's definitely the reason why he's not bumbling around like they, you know, fighting for, like he's not even in the top 
three. It's like, sure, top five, that's amazing, but um, it definitely shows some digression where he's is that the right word? Who knows? No one knows. Um, um, he's been receding a little bit in as far as this list goes, but number five or what was that, Morgan? Number four, <laughs> uh, Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, the third player from the Tampa Bay Lightning in the top ten. What does yeah, that tell you, Lightning? I kind of have a feeling the fact that they won two back-to-back cups might have something huge deal to do with um, this top 10 of this part of this list. <laughs> yeah. But what can you say about the third player about from Tampa Bay? Yeah, Kudrov, um, like he, like everyone knows, he missed the whole regular season, but boy, did he come back with a vengeance with 32 points in 23 games. Um for his actually the second straight season where he led the playoffs in points uh, the year before, 34 points in 25 games. The dude shows up in the playoffs big time. Um, excellent, excellent player. And, yeah, I think, yeah, top four. Player fourth makes sense for him. Um, we've mentioned the Oilers having a cheat code. This is Tampa Bay's playoff cheat code. They just put in a cheat code with this playoff time, like, do-do-do, Kucherov, all right. All right, we want another cup, coach. Sweet, I'm going home now. Yeah, exactly. But the top three players, um, number three, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I want to say one thing quick is that I believe that he wouldn't necessarily be as high on this list if he didn't have one other player named Connor McDavid. Um, definitely helps out his cause, but curious to see what he thinks of basically what I just said there. I'll agree and disagree. Uh, I think obviously it helps playing with McDavid. Anyone who plays with McDavid, especially if you're a high skilled player, you're gonna be, you're gonna benefit from that, obviously. But Leon Dreisaitl, yeah, I can't talk. Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> is a power forward. Uh, I, I, I look at Leon Dreisaitl and I almost think Mario Lemieux, not necessarily talent level match, but just their style of play. These big players but know how to dangle and shoot and hit and do everything it takes to play uh, excellent hockey. And I think he would do almost as well on any other team. Um, but like you said, it does help playing with McDavid. And there is a reason he's not number one. But number three is pretty damn good. Uh, number two, um who's an amazing player. He's basically the Calgary killer. He's my Brad Machan. I I know he's a great player, but I hate him for that reason. Um, 
that's number two, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, he is. He's incredible. Nathan McKinnon is fast. He is skilled. He is strong on the pucks. He is aggressive when he needs to be. He great at face-offs. Great at face-offs. Can shoot the puck with the best of them. Excellent passer. Just, like, obviously one of the best in the league. Number two makes sense. Only because this other player... Uh, because otherwise he would be number one. Like you were talking about Austin Matthews being one of the best shooters in modern hockey. Nathan McCann, he could definitely make up, uh, give Austin Matthews a run for his money. So, oh, definitely 100%. But number one, this doesn't surprise me. I don't think this surprised Austin. I don't think this. Surprises most people, but somewhat quickly, Austin. Number one, Connor McDavid. Does this surprise you? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, ever since Connor McDavid's come into the league, he has been an absolute game changer. Like you said, he's a cheat code. He's an absolute cheat code. He is not like the rest of the league. He is insanely fast, but not only is he insanely fast, but he can do almost anything at insane speed, which is true talent. He sees the ice excellently. His passing is immaculate. His shooting is top-notch. Is there anything this guy can't do? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, not not a fighter necessarily, but uh, no. he, he lets his skill uh, do the talking. He's incredible, and we are – Lucky to be watching him. Yeah, and before you know it, you'll be watching him score goals against the Canucks. So, Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Wednesday. <laughs> but that's everything for this week. Um, unless if Austin has anything quick that he wants to add. No, that's it. All right. Well, my stoner statement, we got some... Football, I'm going to say it. Fuck you, Brock Sutherland. Um, and hockey, we finally found the top ten. We did it, guys. No loose ends. Everyone, out there, everyone out there, stay stoned and stay safe. Bye.